With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, now we're going to go and see if we can get in the back office of the talk shoe and get these mics unmuted. So, <clears throat> we can pull the other guys in here. I left my key at the house. So, let's see here. See if this is powerful enough to do all three things at once. Taking a little bit more time than usual. Trying to get all the goody out of this 
fewer that I can get by being on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and talk to you all at the same same time. <clears throat> well, it looks like it's going to do it. Just unmuted Brother Carl's mic, and I just unmuted Brother Welcome, you guys. How are you doing this evening? Hi, pretty good. Doing all right. Yeah. How about you, Gary? Yeah. Excellent. Well, we are now live on YouTube and uh, TalkShoe and uh, Facebook all at the same time, so we'll see how this works tonight. <laughs> I don't make any guarantees, so anyway... Um, well, it's been an unusual week. Um, something, you know, we call we talk about people have planned events and then there are unplanned events. So we had an unplanned event this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wasn't planning on, but that's quite all right. Chapter 35 in this book, um, I noticed after I got this back from the printer that there is a a spelling error in here, so the next printing I'm going to have to try to correct it. It should say, Chapter 35, Our Fellowship was with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. It should be fellowship instead of fellow. I guess it was too long to get on the line or something. Our Fellowship was with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. This is kind of a lengthy chapter. It um, you know, goes from 311 to 328. We may not get all the way through this tonight. If we don't, that's fine. We'll just start and see where it, we'll just start and see where it takes us. Um, since Mark, since Mark is right here, I'm going to have him read the first three pages. Mark on uh, page 311, and then down to. Uh, where it says Christ is number five, Christ is the Antichrist on 313. 311 and 313? Yeah. Okay. Chapter 35, our fellow was with the Father and his son, Jesus Christ. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in our hands and handled with the word of life, for life is manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you the eternal life which is with the Father that was manifested unto us that which we have seen and heard declared be unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. But these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and again there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin and we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. Confess our sins, he is faithful and just, forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us, First John 1, 1 through 10. Many have denied the reality that we are still, 
that we still are in battle between the flesh and the spirit. We denominations promote the second work of grace and sanctification. We deny that eternal life is manifested in God's people. The preceding chapter gives evidence that all these denials are not biblical. Chapter 2 makes several clear assertions. One, Christ is propitiation for the whole world and the elect. Two, those who do not keep the commandments of God is not abiding the truth. Three, he that hated his brother walks in darkness. Four, we are not to love the world and the things that are in the world if we, if we do love the And if we do, the love of the Father is not in us. Five, he that denies Jesus is Christ, the Antichrist. All right, you can stop there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any comments on that? That's true. I believe, I believe that. That's all you have to say on that one? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and make my comments on this, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark Kennedy, and then uh, Carl can follow up, and we can decide where we're going to go from there. Um, Sounds good. I find it interesting. It starts out with that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, we know that I've heard different renditions on this. I I try not to get over, um, I guess, over uh, concerned about everybody's little different take on it. We know that the word of life Jesus Christ because it says that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Amen. So he is he is the Word of life and we know that he has manifested himself in time. And, you know, he said one time that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that's why we can say that Yes, the the Father was manifested unto us through his Son, Jesus Christ. And we had witnessed that he was on this earth. um, And (laughs) he walked the dusty trail of the earth. He performed miracles. He did a lot of things. He died on the cruel and ruddy cross of Calvary and so on. And so when it says our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of people that try to segment out the Trinity, and you really can't do that because the Trinity is in perfect unity together. And then, of course, we see the emphasis on the fact that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. You know, um, it's hard for us to imagine. Perfect light. Um, I knew an engineer one time that <clears throat> talked about how that he was working on bending light. And I don't understand all of that. I don't know how you bend light. But one of the things we know about Christ is he is perfect light. Man. Um If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. In the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, 
cleanses us from all sin. Well, there's a lot of people that use that scripture to try to teach a Wesleyan doctrine of perfection that that we never sin, but they need to go on, don't they, and read the next part of the scripture. It's an, you know, Christ cleansing of our sins is a one-time event in legality, in, from a legal standpoint, okay? In other words, he has forgiven us of all of our past, our present, and our future sins. But we can never be what I call a sin denier, saying that we don't have any sin, because he says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. There's a lot of people that are into self-deception right now. And... I've shared this. I have no problem sharing it. Even right now, this day, my mom, she told me one time, I asked her when was the last time she sinned, and she said she thought it had been a couple months. Hmm. I can't imagine anyone saying that. Yeah. Anyway, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. We make him a liar. Man. And his word, his word is not in us, first John one ten. So there's a lot of people that are into denial. I I remember I attended a funeral one time of a lady that was so into this perfection thing that she bought a dirt devil vacuum and put a masking tape over the dirt devil name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, I mean, some people can become just ridiculous about thinking that they are totally perfect and they never have any bad thoughts. They never... I'm not saying that we shouldn't meditate on things and and that, but here's the thing. What happens is people get into trusting in their own flesh. Rather than trusting in Christ's righteousness, they're trusting in a wrongful perception of their own righteousness, which does not exist. Mm -hmm. that's the problem and so again this chapter 2 that we've been reading Aaron John uh, makes it very clear that Christ is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world of his elect Mm -hmm. now millions will tell you well there it says he's a propitiation for the sins of the whole world it's speaking of all nations and kindreds and tongues, and it's speaking of both Jew and Gentile. It's not speaking of, if he was a propitiation for the sins of all men without exception, then there would be, there would be no sinners, uh, there would be no unsaved people left. <laughs> That's right. There would be no people on the face of the earth. There would be no reprobates. Well, That's right. Also, there is a correlation between us having a desire to keep his commandments. He says, if you obey me, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, our love is going to come forth in wanting to obey obey his word. And also, we are going to want to love our brother. And also, we're 
want to separate from the world. Come out from the world and be separate, saith the Lord. And, you know, this is pretty strong when he says, um, if we do... If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. And, you know, I, I look around me and I see a lot of so-called Christians and and they seem to have an unbelievable love for the things of the world. They talk about the world, you know, and, and people say, oh, there's a legalist. No, but when I see some people, they spend all their time going to Super Bowl Sunday. Um, they want to go to uh, the Olympics. They want to go to uh, these worldwide cruises. They spend $60,000 to go to a hunting trip over in Africa. And all of that, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, where are our priorities? Where are yes. our priorities? They want to go to the Grand Long Beach also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Well, so that's basically my take on that. That's my quickie version. I'm going to turn it over to Brother uh, brother Mark and have him do his rendition and then uh, over to Carl, and then we'll have Carl read a little bit for us, and we'll flip back over to Mark. Go ahead, Brother Mark. Thank you, Brother. Thank you, Brother. That was very well said. Well, first, before we start, I would humbly request that all the saints pray for the Phillips family and and what has happened and transpired this week. I pray that you lift up Brother Larry, Sister Rosette, Brother Mark, and four-legged family friend Tulip in your <laughs> prayer times for an extra an extra dispensation of grace to meet this need that is happening at this current time. And I humbly request prayer for Brother Carl Roberts out there on the river, that God would keep that boat leak-free and above the water, and that his crewmates would treat him with respect and lift up Reba Sandage, Brother Carl's mom, to for true salvation. Not a free yeah. will decisional salvation for Reba Sandage, Brother Carl Roberts' mom. And please send a spirit of comfort to Sister Babs at home alone. Well, Brother Carl is out on the river earning money to keep the wolves away from the door. Oh! <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. Hey, Brother Carl, God bless you. Hey, my brother. How are you? God bless you. Wonderful, wonderful. This is this is really wonderful. Everything that is being declared in the gospel is what they saw, you know, from the beginning. They heard it, they saw it, they touched it, they had, you know, relational interactions with the word of life. John one one in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus. And so they declared that all of their all of their eyewitness uh, testimonies are part of that declaration of the gospel and because of that gospel we have fellowship with his son and with each other so that's wonderful that's one thing I see in this um, and then down at the bottom God is light and him is no darkness at all and so because of that we have to we have to do everything our Creator does 
If our creator is walking in light and righteousness, we must do the same. So all of these words here are encouraging us to walk that straight and narrow path, which is personal, which is imputed righteousness of Christ. It's an alien righteousness. It comes from outside of us. We could never, Paul said, except your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. So, And so Paul would know, you know, a Roman citizen, a Jewish citizen, you know, perfect in observance of the law, we can take Paul's word at face value. He would know that you have to, if you're going to go the route of the law, it has to be 100% or nothing, or it's nothing. Yes, and this is chapter 2 makes that first most excellent point that Christ is the propitiation. Self-generated righteousness will never even come close to the once and for all accomplished atonement of Christ, the propitiation for the world of the elect. And we look in Romans 9, it says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I, and whom I will I harden. So it's not of man or his personal choice at all in anything pertaining to salvation. Thank you, brothers. God bless you. Okay. Well, um, first I'd like to thank Brother Mark for lifting everybody up in prayer. And um, it's a big comfort to me and my wife. And I know it's a big comfort to Brother Larry and his family as well. And Sister Rosette, Brother Mark Phillips, and I, you know, on behalf of Babs and myself, we'd like to just extend our condolences to, uh, you know, to the Phillips family, and, um, you know, you guys are in our hearts and in our prayers, and uh, and we love you in Christ. And I'll also say hello to everybody listening. Um, and from there, I'll, in, from there, I'll just go into this here. I believe that the term beginning here that which was from the beginning well we read in genesis in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth um we read in john um the gospel of john in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god um which brings us to first john written you know written by the apostle john um that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of, of the word of life. You know, John here is declaring to the Jews um, that God has revealed himself as a triune God in the full revelation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this beginning, this term that he's using, this is what he's declaring, and he's taken us all the way back to Genesis. Um, he expounds upon this at the beginning of the Gospel of John, and he goes into it more here in the first chapter of First John. So the beginning there, in my opinion, is obviously talking about, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the creation itself. Um, as we go on to read here, it tells us that... Um, you know, that God is light, and in him is no darkness. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not know the truth. 
All right. And it goes on to say that, that if we have no sin, that, that if we say we have no sin, that, that we walk in darkness. So this connection with light and darkness here is talking about the revelation of God to a sinner. And, yep. what the Holy, and, and what the quickening of the Holy Spirit does to a sinner. You see, we're told in Scripture that those that are in darkness do not know what they stumble on. And someone who declares that, you know, they've, <laughs> it's been a while since they've sinned or they don't sin, these people are not believers because God has not revealed himself to them. And this is the first, this is the first, this is the experience of the believer in the very beginning. When God resurrects you to life by his, by his spirit and calls you to faith in his son, Jesus Christ, the first thing that happens to you is you recognize your sin. Amen. That's what you see. You realize you are a sinner and you are deserving of the wrath of God. And that is what he is referring to here. I believe this is one of the things that he's referring to here. We get a clear picture of this um, in the beginning of the prophet of Isaiah, in the beginning of the prophet Isaiah's book where he says, woe is me. Uh, he is brought into the direct presence of of Jehovah, and when it happens, he realizes <laughs> he cries out, "Woe is me! I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst an unclean people." Now, this is this is the experience of a believer. This is the first thing that you know that we realize once he calls us to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, Christ is the pro, you know Christ. It says here that um, you know that Christ has paid the price for all of our sin. It says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. This is not just talking about all the sins that we've committed up until the time that we are believers, that we're called to faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ, but all of our sins. So despite what some charismatic charlatan like Michael Brown may say, that there are sins mm-hmm. that we have as believers that Christ did not pay for, that's utter heresy and blasphemy. And we're taught right here clearly that Christ is the propitiation for all of our sins, our past sins, our present sins, and sins that we haven't committed yet. You know, if it was up to us, if we had to confess our sin in order to be forgiven, if we had to confess every single sin in order to be forgiven, I would perish. You see, that turns that that turns our walk with God into a work is what that does. Okay, I can't remember how many times that I've sinned today. I, I would be hard pressed to remember just how I many just the sins that I've committed today, okay? Yep. Because what we are is sin. It's all we do. It's all that we do. That's, all right. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has paid the full price for all of our sin, and not just for our sin, all right, but for the sin of the whole world, all right. This is not every single person that's ever lived. If that's what he meant, that's what he would have said. But what he is talking about, what the Holy Spirit of God is talking about through the Apostle John here, all right, and we have to remember to always establish context as we're reading Scripture. We can't just go here and snatch verses out of context. He was writing to Jews, all right? And at one time, the oracles of God, the prophets, brought salvation exclusively to Abraham's descendants that, that God himself called out, all right? They were not. It was not offered to to the Gentiles, all right. And what and what John is saying is, okay, now salvation has come to the Gentiles, and Christ is the propitiation, not for not for our sins only, not not just for the Hebrews, but for the sins of the whole world, Jew and Gentile. That is the context of the word all 
in the New Testament, in Scripture. Um, and I'll just say a real quick word here about progressive sanctification. In my opinion, the second work, the, the, the so-called second work of grace in, in sanctification is blasphemy. Okay, and in, in, in Scripture, we're told that we're complete in Christ. Okay, and for for anybody to think that there's something left for them to do and that they can grow more holy and more holy in sanctification in their daily walk with God, that's a work. All right, you're putting your hands to the finished work of Jesus Christ, and that is idolatry. That's will worship is what that is. All right. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has paid the full price. That is what the propiti—that's what the word propitiation means. All right, He has paid the price, and we are complete in Him. And just because we don't, you know, we can't really see that now because we walk in the light by the grace of God, and we see our sin. But we, right now, are just as perfect in the sight of God as we will be in eternity with Him. We just can't see it, and that is all because of the finished work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I didn't mean to go on too long, but I'll just rest right there with that. Very good. Very good, brother. Yes, that's right. The sins we do every day, the Apostle Paul, when the Lord brought him to the end of his self-confidence, the the Apostle said, Woe is me, that which I would not do, that I do, and the good that I would do, that I don't do. Who Amen. This body of death, praise God in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Very good. Amen, brother. Yeah, you know, that is so true. And if there's any if there's any place that I want to grow in, I want to grow in the grace of Christ. You know, Amen. I want to grow in the knowledge of the grace of Christ, not the works of man. And That's right. what does that mean to does that mean to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? Well, what it means is to understand more fully his mm-hmm. uncertain riches in Christ. Yes. <laughs> to understand that we have the imputed righteousness of Christ. We have no righteousness of our own. That's, That's right. right. That's, That's why, right. you know, I love the song, you know, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, covenant, that supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. So you're right on. Right on. Uh, I totally agree with you. Um, and I, I lived a great part of my teenage years through high school listening to these perfection lies. And what I found is the people that promoted themselves to be the most perfect were the ones that were the most uh-huh. self-righteous. They were the oh, most yeah. self-righteous. They thought Amen. they were Pharisees. They thought they had arrived, and they were trusting in their own whatever, okay, whether it was, you know, getting control over their temper or getting, you know, dressing a certain way or whatever, okay? It doesn't matter where we go with it, okay? All uh, right. Let's go ahead. Go ahead, Brother Carl, and start at the bottom of 313. And why don't you read uh, for us down through the uh, bottom of 316, and we'll see where we're, where we're at. Okay. Um, the bottom of 313, 
from Brother Larry Phillips' book, God Does Not Love Everyone, But He Does Love His Elect from Everlasting to Everlasting, with scripture from the authorized King James Version only. My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness, even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you, because ye know not the truth but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Yeah, go ahead, Brother Carl, and make any comments on that. Okay, man, let's see here. Hmm. Well, um, we're told here that we do know that we know him if, if we keep his commandments. All right, and this is not talking about work. This is not talking about works. As, you know, this is not talking about us doing anything for our salvation. Rather, this is talking about um, sort of what, this is talking about just what James said. Faith without works is dead. This is talking about our reasonable, ser- our reasonable service. And as we grow in the grace and knowledge of God, because we know him, that's going to be evident. And it's going to be evident not in trying to keep a Sabbath or, you know, do any of this law service, but by loving the brethren. And by manifesting a loving heart towards others, and the, and the way that we do this by the grace of God is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do this unashamed. We do we do this without hesitation. Um, we try to do it by the grace of God with as much love as we have for people. But this love towards people, um, towards sinners, is best expressed by our telling them the truth. 
all right, mm-hmm. that we all deserve that we all deserve to die and go to hell, and that God is not required um, to save anyone, and salvation can't be demanded. But because He is merciful, He has chosen to save some. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's a finished work that we can't put our hands to. Um, we go on to see here, you know that. Again, you know, this we're going to love the brethren. We're going to love other believers because we've been partakers of the divine nature. And this is so expressed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his love towards his elect and his sheep and the lost and the sinners that he came to save and that he came into the world to save throughout the Gospels is just so miraculous and magnificent. Um, just... Moving forward here, you know, we're told not to love the things of the world. It's like in Genesis 3, um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a picture of the world. Um, I think I've, I, I think I've brought this up before. Um, let me see here. Um, let's see here. And Genesis 3, verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, this is um, the lust of the eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And that, it, or when the woman saw that the tree was good for good, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, that was the lust of the eyes, and a tree to, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, that was the pride of life. All right, this is a this is a representation of the world, and and if we love the things of the world, um, the love of the Father is you know is is not in us because the kingdom of God. All right, the kingdom of heaven, it is a spiritual kingdom. And because we've been made partakers of the divine nature, we long to leave this body ultimately and the fleshly desires of this world. And we seek those things that are spiritual by the grace of God, by his work in our life. You know, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ tells us, you know, not to seek the things of the world, you know, but to seek, you know, not to seek that which passes away but rather seek, you know, seek the things of the spirit, which is eternal. Um, and with that, uh, I think I'll just turn it over to you guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, go ahead, Brother uh, Mark. Uh, make any comments uh, you uh, uh, have on this area. Thank you, Brother. God bless you. Yes, he addresses us as little children in a very parentally affectionate manner he addresses us as little children and encourages us to sin not i love it in the beginning here but if we do sin he he reminds us that we have that our advocate is with us and taking our case before the father and that is none other than jesus christ the righteousness and so jesus christ the righteous one and so that is a wonderful encouragement that he addresses us as little children and says that we have an advocate in the case of our personal sins. That's a wonderful comfort to know that. And he is, it, he is the propitiation for our sins. So the cure, the, the problem is within us, sin, and the cure for our sins, the propitiation from Christ for, for because of his atonement is applied and that's the only thing that can take care of our sin problem. And so he goes into how we should walk like Christ walked. 
And if we say we do what Christ did, but our testimony doesn't bear that out, then we're a liar. So we are commanded, not only exhorted, but commanded to walk in light and in righteousness, like Christ himself, our example, our holy example. We should follow him. And yes, like Brother Carl said, the sins I did just today are forgiven by the Lord. And so he knows in several places, we looked at one just the other day where he said he was in, he knows what is in man. I think that was John 2, where Christ says he knew what was in man. So there's no surprise to God. Everything that's in man is no surprise to God. And and so he's got it. We don't have to worry about anything when God is our advocate. Praise God, brothers. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I want to just take a brief minute um, and recognize uh, some of our guests that have joined us. Um, uh, Samuel Nairu, Tom Johnson, Marilyn Mott. Andrew Brown, Ashley Kinney, and Jeff Slazy, just to name a few. I can't, I can't get everyone up on my uh, screen right now. Uh, Linda Busby Trotter, uh, mm-hmm. and then we had, we had at the beginning Ashley Kinney, Ray Rhodes, Barry Henderson. I think I mentioned Andrew Brown already. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to thank all for joining us, uh, Dennis, Doris Cole. Um, we appreciate you all being with us tonight. And this is really quite a, a study if you really get into the Epistle of John because a lot of people have misinterpreted it. Mm-hmm. Um, we interpret Scripture with Scripture. We can't take one section of Scripture and... I had a fellow tell me one time, uh, he said, my whole theology is John 3.16. And I said, said, what do you do with, uh, you know, John 6 and John 10 and John 17 and Romans 9 and Romans 8? He says, it doesn't matter. John 3.16 is good enough for me. And that's, that's a lot of people's attitude about the Bible. They want yep. to, like Robert, like Robert Schuler says, they want to uh, mm-hmm. they want to read the Bible like they're eating fish. Okay, yeah. when you run bone. when you when you run into a bone, what do you do? You spit it out. That's what Schuler yeah. said. And yeah. so they when when they run into a passage that says the children being not yet born, not having done either good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand. Jacob, yeah. have I loved, Esau, have I hated? They want to spit that out and say, I can't go along with that, okay? Right. Well, this That's is right. what we have to do in Scripture. We have to properly interpret it. And we see here that um, as, we, as we've studied through this last three pages here, it's quite uh, revealing that we are commanded that not to sin. So if yeah. if we are sinless, then why did he make a provision to have an advocate for us? Right. Okay? 
we were sinlessly perfect, he says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Notice yep. where the righteousness is placed on Jesus Christ. Well, like mm-hmm. Brother Carl said, he is the propitiation for our sins. Mm-hmm. He became our error. He was our substitute. He took upon uh, on himself our sins. He became our sin bearer. And so once we understand that what he's done for us, it gives us a tremendous amount of gratefulness and thanksgiving for him going to the cross for our sins. Um, That's what I wanted to to focus on, I guess, more than anything, is the reality of, of the fact that he is our advocate. He is our high priest. He is our substitute you know he amen you know, and in fact he is in he is, scripture tells us that he is actually um in heaven it says that he is uh, uh and th- this is a comfort to me to know mm-hmm. it says he makes session for the transgressors you can find that back in Psalm 53. He made intercession for the transgressors. I was a transgressor. Okay, I transgressed his law. I was a transgressor, and he made intercession for this transgressor. That's that's a great that's a great news for me. That's all I have in that. I'm gonna have Brother Mark now read the next set, section. Can uh, I say one more thing? thing? Could I say yes, one more thing real quick before you go on? Okay, it says, but he that do it, it says, and the world passeth away, and the lust mm-hmm. thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Okay, this isn't talking about us doing anything. This is talking about, as we're told in John 6, it is, um, it is the will, it is the work of God that ye believe on him who he has sent. So us doing the will of God is us believing on his son, Jesus Christ. And that is his work. And that's how we abide forever. And people will take this verse out of context and they and, and they will preach a, and, and they will preach works by it. And that's what we're taught here as we keep reading where it says they went out from us but they were not of us. Or if they had been of us, they would have no doubt have you know, have continued with us. This isn't just people this isn't just talking about people just turning their back on you know, on God, this is this is talking about people wanting to do stuff and going for works religion, which is the ultimate antichrist. At least that's my opinion. Well, I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, and, and I, we would refer people back to Galatians again, chapters 1 and 2, and many scriptures, you know, that tell us not the works of righteousness that we have done, through his own mercy and grace, he saved us, you know? We're Amen. not, you know, um, you can't have it both ways, folks. You know, you're either saved by works or you're saved by grace, you know? Amen. And there, down through history, we've seen this. The Roman Catholic Church is a doctrine that teaches that you're saved by your works, mm-hmm. you know? That, that is what Luther came against when he posted the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg door. Yep. He was preaching yep. against the doctrine of works. And, you know, why, why do we have a, a whole Protestant Reformation coming against Roman Catholicism? You know, I was thinking about this 
They're making this huge deal over this Notre Dame uh, temple burning to the ground, you know, and people are, you know, you know what, and I know a lot of people be angry with this, but hey, praise God for burning it down, okay? I mean, all of, the idolatry, all of the idolatry and stuff in that that God-forsaken place yeah. for years and years, all of the all of the images and all of the, you know, Scripture says that we're not to make any false images. We're not, we're, you know, God hates idolatry. He hates it. And Church, so Church. I believe it was the judgment of God. That's what I believe. Yeah. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a, on a tangent. But anyway, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brother uh, Mark, and he's going to read for us uh, top of 317 down through. Why don't we mm-hmm. just uh, read down through uh, the 322, and why don't we end there and pick up next time? Because I want to have a little time to have, have a little fellowship and uh, make announcements and so on. Very good. Church traditions that make void the word of God, you think that that cathedral, how many hundreds of years did they have church traditions notifying the word of God, and now this fire burns almost down to the ground? Boy, yeah. if that is the, the judgment of the Lord, I don't know what is. Yeah, the judgment I agree. of the Lord on, on church traditions which void the word of God. Yes, that place is been there for at least a hundred years okay let's see the bottom yeah starting at the verse top of 317 uh, overlap a little bit from 316 i have not written that to you because you know not the truth but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth who is a liar but he that denieth that jesus is the christ he is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as, as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming if you know that he is righteous you know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him first john 3 begins by telling us that god's love is bestowed upon us and that we are called the sons of god The chapter also shows us how the children of God are manifested and the children of the devil. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness, is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother, for this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you, we know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. First John chapter 3, verses 10 to 24. We are warned not to, we are warned to not believe every spirit, but to try the spirit. There are many false prophets and false teachers in the world today. This warning is very timely for the Christian today, is it not? Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now is already, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. Like you were saying, Brother Larry, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God 
is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good stuff here. Yes, the principle is emulation. If we are, we are of the Lord, and so we will do the work. We will do the things that Christ did when He was on this earth, walking in righteousness before the Father, and walking in spiritual light and no darkness. And we who are of the Lord, we will emulate that. And the same thing with the reprobate, the children of Satan, they emulate their spiritual father. So emulation of is based on the idea on the spiritual identity, us having Jehovah as our spiritual father and the reprobate who of course have Satan as their spiritual father. So that's wonderful when we see that our behavior is emulating Christ, then we know that we are on the right path. Praise God, brothers. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Carl. Okay, I just want to make this point one more time. Um, We're told in this chapter, in chapter 2, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And this is evident in the tree. The woman saw that the tree was good for food. It's the lust of the flesh. Um, mm-hmm. It was pleasant to the eyes. It was the lust of the eyes. And it, she desired it to make one wise. That's the pride of life. All right. And this is a form of work. All right. This is trying to work and through some type of knowledge that you're getting by the works of your own hands, attaining Godhood. And this is where the seed war began. It's right here. And God goes on to tell the serpent in the, in the um, verses after this that he's going to put enmity between thou seed and the seed of the woman. All right, this is, this is talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's the first prophecy of him. This is also talking about his elect and the reprobate. All right, and people, and I'm talking about people that claim to be Christians but believe in the work of their own hands. Those people are reprobate. All right, yeah. And this, and this is where it all goes back to works and grace. There's only two types of religion in this world: works and grace. And it is here that the gospel of Jesus Christ stands alone. Doesn't matter if you are an Armenian or Buddhist monk. Or, or, or a Muslim, all right? You believe, if you're an Armenian, just like a Muslim does, or a Buddhist monk, that you are working in cooperation with a deity to bring about your salvation. All right, that is works religion, all right? Yeah. And it's, here where, it's here where the grace of God stands alone. The gospel of Jesus Christ stands alone, and it's here where the believer bows, all right? But make no mistake, 
about it, like I said before. We're all going to be made to bow, even the reprobate. But it is here where where the believer bows, all right? And he acknowledges that he is totally powerless and totally incapable of not only saving himself, that, he, that we can't do it, but we, in fact, don't deserve the mercy of God, all right? And, you know, God does not save us because people pray for us. God saves us for Christ's sake because Christ prayed for us. And Amen. with that, I'll turn it over to you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I wanted to uh, recognize uh, Brother Rick Vitoric is on YouTube with us tonight, and he's made some really timely comments. Um, He wants us to yeah he wants us to look at uh, Revelation eighteen two, and maybe one of you guys can look that up for me. And also, I want to recognize Brother Ashley Kenny made some very timely comments. Um, you know, Ashley said that he had seen, and I, I heard this on the news, that regarding this uh, Notre Dame temple again. They're now asking, you know, the world to spend money in rebuilding it when, like Brother Ashley says, Vatican has billions of dollars. Yep. So they want to use... They want to use other people to rebuild their idolatrous edifice. And yep. uh, anyway, I I want to. Um, uh, well, I hope go ahead. I hope Quasimodo, I hope Quasimodo got out of there alive. Other than that, that's about the best I can say for it. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, the thing of it is. We are living in times where they call evil good and good evil. And our nation, I saw a video this week that just was shocking, very shocking, about our Secretary of State, uh, Pompeo. How do you say his name? <laughs> Pompeo? I think it's, yeah. Mike Pompeo? Yeah. Yeah, Mike. And he was bragging about the fact that when he was the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, uh-huh. he said, you know, we were, we were taught as Boy Scouts to love your neighbors yourself and don't lie and don't cheat. Yeah. And he says, as the director of CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, he says, we learned how to do all of those things. We learned how mm-hmm. to lie. We learned how to cheat. And he says, it's a great American experiment. Here's a Uh guy that touts that he's a Christian. He's not, because his own own words convict him. You you don't go around lying and cheating and bragging about uh, this great American experiment of lying and cheating and take on the name of Christ. Yeah. That's convoluted. That's calling evil good and good evil. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, these people uh, in these government offices, high, high government offices. Yep. They they plot all week as to how they can take down nations. Yeah. How they can undermine the poor, the fatherless, and the needy, and then they get all dressed up in their shiny suits and go to what they call 
church on a Sunday. There's something wrong with this picture. Okay. So anyway, I had to say I had to say that. Um, by the way, another thing that um, I find really interesting, you know, a lot of these programs. Um, I just had a internet connection. This briefly was disconnected, but we got back on. Um, a lot of these um, newscasts, there's one offhand called True News, even though they say a lot of things that are truth regarding what's going on in our government, our nation, and so on, you know one of the things that they never talk about? I've never mm -hmm. mentioned, never heard them mention on True News, <clears throat> the doctrine of election. <laughs> okay? Uh -huh. I've, ne oh, you I've never heard <laughs> Yeah. I've never heard them talk about grace. I've never heard them talk about the doctrine of uh, reprobation or vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. And so what yeah. is that? It's, it's free will. Right. It's a doctrine of free will. And these exactly people that right. count the, very deceptive. <laughs> they're, moral, they're moralists. That's what they are. They can tell yes, you sir. all the right things. Morally and ethically, uh, then, you know, they always end their broadcast with something like this. It's time you get right with God. Oh, I've heard that one all my life. You can't get right with anything. If you're, oh, dead, in your if you're dead in your trespasses and sin, how are you going to get right with God, I ask. That's and right. then they'll say things, time is running out. You're going to meet your maker soon. Right, and that's not that. You know, and again, that is not bowing the knee to Jesus Christ. It's not. You are living right. in you are living in rebellion to God, and you are and and you are attempting to stick your fist in God's face and say, you know what? I will not have you rule over me. It's the same thing that people do when it comes to biblical cosmology. All right, uh -huh. we we don't have the we don't have the right or ability. Well, I guess you have the ability, but it's, you know, it is, you will fail. I mean, you you know, try as you might to deny the word of God, um, but you will be made to bow, all right? And we don't have the right to go into the word of God and say, you know what, I don't agree with this, so, I, so, so you know what, I'm going to throw Romans 9 out. You know, I'm going to throw John 6, 37 out. Oh, I'm going to throw Jeremiah chapter 37 out because it talks about biblical cosmology. All right, any time that you do stuff like that, you are denying the truth of God in, un, in unrighteousness. And a believer, a true believer, does not respond that way. It, it, you just don't. Yeah, you know, that's right. Whenever you know, I seen yeah. Rick Wilds on the Jim Baker show once, and it was—I mean, I just thought to myself, "Wow, you know, this is about <laughs> this is about right." <laughs> well, anybody yeah. like you, any, like you said, anybody that has the attitude that <clears throat> they're doing God a favor by letting him into their heart is the mm -hmm. ultimate. Absolute ultimate blasphemy. That's what yep. it is. And, you know, that's exactly what Satan did. That's exactly what he did. He said, I will arise and be as God. And this is how the propagation of free will began with Satan himself. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, to, we have to remind ourselves. 
that this whole doctrine of the human will, the human free will, was propagated by the lie of Satan. Yep. You know? Yes. And yes. What, was Christ, what, what was Christ's response to it? You know? I, you know, listen, just, I'm going to just read this one little thing. This is taken from Isaiah 43. Mm-hmm. I am, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved. I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? That's Amen. the gospel. Amen. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I, uh, I really enjoyed this tonight, and we have to be very careful because there are some very shrewd people out there that can expose Zionism. They can expose the state of Israel. They can expose uh, what's going on in the White House. They can expose what's going on in foreign policy. But they can deny the Bible and its truth and its doctrine. Limited yeah. hangout, brother Larry. There's, you know, these guys, yeah. those guys are limited hangouts is what they are, and they deny the truth of God in our righteousness. And, you know, er, you know, all the answers that we need, you know, everything that we need to know is found between Genesis and Revelation in the King James Version. And I believe that with all of my heart. And I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Do you know now there's a lot of people that are uh, talking about there's a new Bible out. There's a new Bible. You know what it's called? The Israel Bible. The Israel Bible. <laughs> Do you know what the Israel Bible is? The Israel Bible eliminates any mention of Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay? Any mention of Jesus Christ. And it it talks about the Torah. It talks about the Old Testament law. And do you oh, know that the millions of Christians, millions of so-called Christians yeah. in the Zion evangelical movement are going out by the droves and buying the new israel bible we already have the israel bible don't we i mean we are israel and we have the king james version that he's preserved for us so we have the yeah. israel bible. <laughs> yeah, the israel. yeah we're right. the israel of god that's right, that's right. But, you know, that's what happened when Schofield came on the scene. I remember uh, I was I remember when the Schofield Bible came into Ford. I mean, the churches just went hand over fist trying to get there to get their Schofield reference Bible. You know, yep. and then I remember when John MacArthur came out with his MacArthur Study Bible, the same thing. You know, like I agree with Brother Carl, if God has not preserved his word, in right. the authorized James Version of the Bible, we might as well hang it up. Yeah, we might right. as well hang it up. <laughs> okay, because for 400 plus years now, we've had the authorized. You know, when I was in uh, eighth grade, uh, my, uh, you know, my my mom and dad. I don't think my dad liked it, but my mom's, you know, she wanted to celebrate Christmas every year, and I remember my aunt. My aunt brought over these Christmas presents, and she gave my my brother, 
and myself this package, and we opened it up, and it was a new Bible. And oh, wow. I thought, wow. I thought that was nice, a real nice leather-bound Bible and everything with all the center references and the recording uh, oh. and everything. And then I looked on the back, and it said <laughs> Revised Standard Version. Uh, I mean, this well. was this was back, and you know, I began. I looked through that Bible. Now, I was not uh, a Christian at the time, but still, God gave me the discernment. I looked through that Bible and I said, "This is fake. There's no mm-hmm. way this is right." I didn't. Yeah. I never ever used that Bible. I never ever wanted to look at it. I always set it over the side. That's what we need to do with all these modern versions and, and perversions, especially yep. the New International Version, the American Standard Version, the uh, uh, Good News Perversion. All of these, you know, get out your and forget the New King James Version. You don't need something new, okay? Yeah. Stick, stick with yep. the old path. Anyway, I didn't mean yep. to get off on that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Old school rules. <laughs> right. Well, I would like to. Uh, I'd like to close with John chapter six verses uh, thirty-five through forty, if that's okay. Yes, please do. And uh, and before I go, I'd just like to say again to Brother Mark, uh, I love you in Christ, brother, and you, Brother Larry Phillips, and Mark Phillips, and Sister Rosette. Phillips and my lovely wife Babs, I love you and everybody listening. Um, God bless everybody. And you know, I'll just say real quickly before I read the scripture that you know I missed the fellowship. And you know, real quickly regarding Notre Dame and the Roman Catholic Church, I don't wish death upon anyone. Um, having said that, yeah. though, um, I want to see all that stuff burned to the ground, every bit of it. Every 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 Roman Catholic, you know, every cathedral, any any, you know, all these Armenian free will free free will works religion buildings that they have going on with these steeples on them, all of it because it represents Satan and his kingdom. It is the kingdom of works, and as we yeah. read about tonight, you know, it all comes down to works versus grace, and that's where the gospel of Jesus Christ stands alone. And with that, I'll just read um, John chapter 6, the Gospel of John chapter 6, verses 35 through 40, and they're all in the authorized King James Version only. And I'll say again to everybody um, and my wife, you know, I sure do love you guys. And John six thirty-five, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye have also have, that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me. That every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Awesome. The postscription. There's no way we can top that, brother. (laughs) Okay. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to close out. We appreciate you being with us. We will be 
tomorrow night here, um, Brother uh, Mark and Brother Carl will be on a fellowship call at 5. Have we come up with the topic yet, guys? Um, I was thinking maybe this time we'd just do a free-form session and just see what happens. What do you think? <laughs> That's fine. You know, you can kind of just maybe you want to do one on, uh, just, yeah. you know, kind of uh, contemporary, you know, what's going on in our in our world or something like that. But I'm open for whatever you guys, wherever you guys want to go with it. Let's yeah, see works. where the leads us. Let's, let's have a free-form session and see where the Holy Spirit leads us. All right. All right, right. we'll do that. All right, well, listen, we'll guys, have a great evening, and uh, I'm going to close the call out now. And God bless everybody. Seeing... Yeah, tomorrow night at 5 o'clock, everyone. Yes. Uh, Saints, please pray for the Phillips family, and please pray for Reba Sandage, Brother Carl's mom, for true salvation for her. Please pray for Brother Carl out on the river that that boat would be leak-free and stay on top of the water and that his crewmates would treat him with respect and that the Spirit would comfort Sister Babs at home alone. Saints, please take up these prayers, requests in, in your private prayer time. I thank you. God bless you. Good night. Good night. Don't forget our brother. Don't forget our brother Mark Kennedy as well. Amen. Love you, brother Mark. <laughs> Love uh, you, brother Carl. Love you, brother Larry. God bless our yeah. saints. Good night. Till Thursday night. night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.